Welcome to another episode of the Penny and Pops podcast under the MagicBasketballOnline.com name. He's Spencer Penny Strode, I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio, and we are going to bring you some second round NBA draft action. Let's do it. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty of the second round. Uh, The Orlando Magic have two picks in the second round, number 41 and number 47. I guess first thing I'll ask you, Spencer, is is as far as need goes. You know, we talked about how the Magic probably would be best to try and pick up a a front-court guy in the first round. Now we're getting down to role players, names that, I mean, as much basketball as you and I watch, there's names in here that we're not even sure about, to be honest. But as far as like a need for position or maybe a type of athlete, what, what are you thinking as far as what the Magic should look at? I think second round, you talk about first round, generally you want to try and fill a need. And if you can do best player available and fill a need, then even better. Second round, you're, you're taking the name that's the highest one on, on your board regardless of position that they play. And quite frankly, let's be honest, you're... Every pick in the second round, you're taking a flyer, and you hope it pans out. And, I mean, look, it's not guaranteed money that these guys are getting, you know, so that that's the great right. thing. It's, you know, they still got to prove themselves in, in summer league and, and in training camp, and some of these guys don't make it. Some of these guys end up having to spend a year in, 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 you know, in, in the D-League or in Erie in Tyler Harvey's case, you know, so... Um, so well, we're going we're gonna to take a different approach. We're not going to bore you with 30 names from the second round, especially, again, guys that most people don't know. And some of them probably won't even hear their name called next thir- this, on Thursday This night. is true, yeah. and that's the uniqueness of, you know, again, we're using the draftexpress.com mock draft, the, the latest one that's up here. Um, I'm going to go down through uh, names 31 through 40, and then I'll stop there and kind of say if you if there's a name or two there that intrigues you whether good or bad and then we'll get to who the magic are projected to possibly get sounds like a plan so number 31 is bryce johnson the uh notable power forward a big man from north carolina senior about to turn 22 years old he averaged you know 17 points per game about 10 and a half boards per contest The, the guy's all energy the guy is at the rim he's a rim player you kind of know pretty much what you're getting from him and I think that's a very interesting spot for him at 31 because he's probably going to go in the first round, but if he doesn't, I'd be shocked if he goes past 31 or 32 just because of his experience and his his athleticism. So um, a couple other names here. 32, Gershon Yabuselli uh, from Rouen, uh, France. Anytime a guy's got weight lo- weight issues, I kind of want to stay away from him. So I'm done talking about him. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe you, you want to bring him up. I, do you remember Michael Sweetney? The, the oh God, yes, mean, of course. Look um, him up. Look up Michael Sweetney in 2016, and then decide to draft a guy who can't manage his weight. Yeah, um, and yeah, there's 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 a few of those type of guys. I mean, you look at Jerome James when he signed that big contract leaving Seattle. He ballooned big. Um, going going to my Greek side of knowledge, you know, uh, Sophocles Shortsanitis, you know, the uh, the baby shack. He's and he's he's still playing. He's he's but he's been dealing with weight issues his whole career. Yeah, I just tend to stay away from that. Uh, Paul Zipser, uh, forward, Bayern Munich. Uh, I mean, you know, he's he's six eight, twenty two, twenty two years old. People were hoping he could be possibly the next Dirk. 
that's not quite going to be the case. I mean, he's a, he's a capable athlete. But See, I think when you talk about drafting in the second round, what you really want to do is you'd like to find a guy who could potentially have a really cool nickname. And I think you can do a lot with Zipser. Uh, you're going to start at Zippy. That's where you're going to start. But maybe he gets hot, and then he and then you go Zippo Flame because he's on fire. You know? um, there's there's probably going to be like a Zippity Doodah Zippity Day kind of <laughs> song reference to that. I'm sure. Uh, 34 uh, projected to go to Phoenix is uh, point guard Tyler Ulis, probably the smallest guy in this draft. Maybe he's listed at 5'10", which is kind of generous, and 149 pounds. Thon Maker, many thought he would be a lottery pick probably this time last year. Um, he's listed at 35 going to the Celtics. And maybe he would be if he played a year of college ball next year. You know, who knows? Yeah. Um, 36 is Rade Zagoric. Uh, he is another Megalex guy. You know, we talked about in the other first round uh, podcast about Luawu and uh, Zubac. And Zagoric, he, he actually scores a bit of points for for Megalex and he's, he's a small forward he's projected to go 36 Milwaukee uh Chinanu Onwaku from uh, Louisville uh I've seen enough of him as far as uh you know he's an energy guy he's he's going to he will wreak havoc on on people that are not bringing the effort like he does so he's a he's listed at center I mean he's just a big guy at 6'10 uh from Louisville um very intriguing name for me is th- listed at 38. Uh, the Bucks also have the 38th pick. Is uh, Petter Corneli. Uh He's from Le Mans, and he is athletic as all hell for a power forward. Uh, 39, Isaiah Cor- Cordier. Uh, he's also an international guy who's come out of nowhere as far as his name thrown being thrown into this. I think if you look up video footage from all these guys that are listed from 31 to 60 uh this guy cordier has probably the grainiest footage as far as that goes so and then 40 i'm gonna stop uh, at 40 where uh the new orleans uh, pelicans are projected to get uh, my, my my one greek guy in the draft yeah. uh yorgos papayanis um he's the center from panathinaikos and uh it's uh, anyway i think everybody that- i think everybody before we talk about who we like and who we don't like and who you like other than the greek guy i think everyone <laughs> everyone wants to hear your in-depth take on uh georgios papagiannis where is he going to be better than costa kufis or what I think he is. Uh, I mean, look, he's he's about he's about to turn 19 years old. He's a seven-two center. He's very mobile for a center, um, and not he, real thin either, like some of the other. You know, yeah. I mean, like he's 240. I mean, he can always he can always bulk up, of course, for you know, his upper body. But he's got the lower base to to already handle post play, like like no one's business. And like, I mean, when you're on a, a Euro League team like Panathinaikos, where they you know they they typically don't play young players nearly as much. When you see five and a half points per game and two and a half rebounds, you kind of just shrug your shoulders. But this kid's got talent. If he he could easily carve out a, an, an all star superstar career in Europe, but he's he's hungry to come to the NBA. Um, I don't know yet if he would come this upcoming season. I think he actually would. It depends on on what uh, what his thoughts are, what his agent's thoughts are, but. Um, I like him. I don't know. Again, you know, if the Magic are looking, the Magic need front court depth. Even if they pick somebody in the first round, they still need front court depth. And depending on what happens to Jason Smith, Andrew Nicholson, Dwayne Dedman, you know, the Magic could be short on big guys. And if you're worried about possible, you know, Vucevic injuries, you know, you maybe Vuce misses 20 games again or whatnot. Then having a guy like Papayanis to throw in there to be an offensive post guy with with some shooting touch could be a good option as far as that goes. So 
Um, I would be surprised if the Magic took him, especially since technically, according to this, this mock draft, he's not available at 41 or 47. But if he's if he does if he's still on the board, I would be a little bit surprised. I think if the Magic took him, but I'd be pretty damn happy if they did. How many so, celebratory obscenities would you let out? It'd be pretty good. And I mean, look, the draft's going to run pretty late come Thursday, so I think by the time the 41 41st pick comes, I want to say it's going to be like 11 o'clock probably. So. Hopefully not too many people will be in the media room at that point watching. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for him. I think that he uh, he's going to have a good career in the NBA uh, once he gets picked and if and when he comes over. But out of the names I just listed, is there anyone that you want to f- talk a bit more about that, that I just mentioned? I, I definitely i am a big fan of Tyler Ulis. I feel like. He's one of the, you know, one of the rare Kentucky players that actually went back to school for a, a second year. And he's a sophomore, right. so yeah. <laughs> but uh, gr- now, granted, he's he's uh, undersized. I think he listed at five ten, and as you mentioned, that's probably a generous uh, listing. It, it's a Jameer Nelson height right. listing, basically. and we've been down that road before with an undersized point guard, but. You look at the things, uh, and, and he's not going to be a scorer, right? So he's not going to be in the mold of Isaiah Thomas. But if you look at a uh, real uh, floor general and a leader in the backcourt to come in and you know may, maybe anchor a second unit if uh, C.J. Watson is out with injury for three quarters of the season again, uh, definitely somebody that might be worth keeping tabs on, and you know maybe you stash him in the D League and see how the development continues, and then obviously the the man of mystery thon maker uh, i think yeah. everybody is intrigued by him spent a lot of time watching him when he was on the nike elite youth basketball league circuit mm-hmm. and okay granted that's you're you know you're watching aau ball so it's kind of it's hard to judge talent he really has been uh basically they've kept him under wraps for the last 12 months yeah. he went to prep school and it's hard to judge how he's going to fare against men when, he, uh, yeah. when he's playing against a- actual men. Actual competition. Yeah, but <laughs> the size and the skill level, when you think about picking in the second round, you're kind of, you know, if you are not in contention and you need someone to come in and give you five, ten minutes off the bench, then you're kind of shooting for the stars anyway. So why not take a guy that presumably has one of the highest ceilings in, in maybe the whole draft? Yeah, it's it's very intriguing. I mean, he, he's a seven foot one kid. He's 19 years old. People say he's regressed, but I mean, come on, he's 19. You can always build him back up again. Um, Tyler Eulis, I mean, look... It, I think the Magic would be it'd be intriguing if the Magic went for another point guard as far as just trying to get like a third guy. I don't think they'll go right that route. I think they'll they'll focus on you know they'll get maybe another big guy and another uh, wing player just to kind of build a little bit of depth there. But I mean, Ulis, I got no problem with him. He he may he's a pretty good decision maker. And I mean, look, he scored 17 points per game at Kentucky. That's nothing to shrug at, you know. But I, I agree, it's going to be tough for him to transition that scoring to to the NBA game. Um, you know, Zagorich, I, I like. Um, I don't think he works for this Magic team, though. Petr Corneli is the guy that I'm looking at as a guy who has a ton of athleticism. This guy, just, just look up YouTube videos of this guy. I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he somehow snuck in to the late first round just because he's his athleticism is ridiculous he's very he's very raw even though he's he's going to turn 21 years old soon still you know he's 6'11 he's 220 pounds he he he's a flyer as far as him just he could be a very good two-way player i mean the, the guy's energy is there and 
there's not many athletes like him that that are going to be available in the second round around this area. So if he's available at 41, I think the Magic should definitely look at getting him. Speaking of 41, uh, right now Draft Express actually has the Magic getting Patrick McCoff, the shooting guard from UNLV. Uh, he's uh, 20 and a half years old. He's a sophomore uh, sh- uh, shooting guard. He's he averaged 14 and a half points per game, five rebounds per game, about four assists. I mean, I've seen him. It's it's nothing to really get excited about, but again, we're talking about second rounders, and you know you really don't know what you get until you throw them out there in, in summer league and and during training camps and whatnot before you really know. Oh, this guy can actually compete against grown ass men. Yeah. So, but it's not really an, ex- an inspiring uh, person I would put there. Um, if I'm looking at guys that the Magic should get, um, I'm going to crawl all the way down to 44, where uh, Malcolm Brogdon is listed at. Uh, he's the uh, senior shooting guard from Virginia. He's also expected to be on the U.S. select team that is playing against the uh, Team USA squad that is going to go to Rio. So, And that's also the select squad that Aaron Gordon is on right now. So there's a couple college kids on there. But Malcolm Brogdon, it's interesting that he's on there just because he brings the shooting. He brings experience. And I think he's probably the lowest-rated player that's on that select team that we're talking about here in this draft. And, I mean, he averaged 18 points per game. You know, he – I've, I've seen footage – I've seen enough footage and game film of him to sh- see that he's not the most orthodox-styled player yeah. when it comes to his shooting and whatnot. But um, he gets it done. I mean, he's got the range. He, he's got the capabilities. And I think the Magic could, could use a bit of – added shooting depth and and experience at that point certainly an honor to get put on the select team he's one of those rare uh four-year players he's a senior and he's an older senior he's closing in on 24 so you know you pretty much know what you're going to get to be honest he kind of reminds me a little bit about uh, a little bit of kim english who came out of missouri the detroit pistons drafted him he had some moments in detroit but he's already out of the league so like you say yeah i mean well, you know, you're hoping for the best, but none of these are, are super uh, awe-inspiring talents at this point. Yeah, and, I mean, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see. You know, look, it's an honor for him to be on there because he's going to get coached by Greg Popovich and Jay Wright, the Villanova head coach who just won the national championship. So that experience alone, just to be around so many elite athletes and just to go through that USA program, I mean, that, that might bump Brogdon's stock, to be honest. So we'll see if he stays at 44, if he goes up. I think the Magic should definitely consider him at 41 or 47. Um, again, the Magic, they don't have – I mean, they, they have shooters, but they could always use action, more shooting depth, especially when we're talking about how the Magic need to get to a playoff level. So – uh, look, going down to what players projected to be selected by the Magic at number 47, it's uh, Ben Bentle, the power forward from Providence. Um, he is actually one of the few guys that it's been publicized that the Magic actually worked out. So I don't know if that's good news or bad news for him as far as the Magic selecting him. Right. I mean, I've got the list literally of guys that the Magic talked to or worked out after the Chicago Combine. You know, it's a small list. You know, we talked about Scal Abisieri, you know, the guy that's projected to go 11 to the Magic. I don't like him, but the Magic watched him at the uh, IMG workout in Tampa. Ben Bentel, you know, again, the Providence uh, power forward. He's 21 years old. He's a 6'8 power forward. He's a pretty muscular guy. Like, he's a grown-ass man for 
for what he is, and he averaged 21 points per game. He's not in an average and got about eight rebounds per game. He's not much of a defensive force. That could change with correct coaching. Um, but he's six eight, and it's kind of funny when we talk about six eight, six nine guys being undersized at power forward nowadays. Right. But I think he he would be a pretty safe pick, and I, I, I would have no problem with the Magic taking him. Other guys that the Magic worked out, and some of these guys won't even get drafted, like A.J. English, the guard from Iona. Um, the Magic are looking just to really fill out a two summer league squads right. as well. That's the thing when you host they're hosting the Orlando Summer League again in the first week of July, and you know they've got their blue team and they got their white team again this season. So you know other guys that they've they've worked out is uh, Nick Slavica. He's the Croatian wing. Um, you know, uh, other guys, Malik Beasley, they only talked to him, the uh, the FSU uh, guard. I will, I'm not very high in him. I don't think you are either. Diamond Stone, your favorite name, I yeah. guess, from, from this is a big guy from Maryland they worked out. Uh, Quentin DeCozy, he's also a guy that's not on this uh, top 60 list. He's a guard from Temple. Um, Malachi Richardson, they actually worked out. So I feel So if the Magic want to trade down and get – you know, a couple extra picks or whatnot. I, I guess I don't like Malachi Richardson's chances of being drafted by the Magic because he got publicized right. that he worked out with the team. Um, Isaiah Cousins is towards the bottom of this projection. The Magic worked him out. He's a guard from Oklahoma. He's known for his three-point shooting. It's a possible option there. I'm kind of leery on Oklahoma guys at this point or Big 12 guys in general. Um, and then, you know, we talked about Bryce Johnson and Thon Maker. Little little leakage happened where those two those two guys were apparently working out against each other in Orlando, and that news came out very recently. Look so, out. Um, you know, again, the Magic keep things very secretive. People say, "Oh, there's not really any benefit to it." Well, you never know because we because people guys like us are always guessing as far as who the hell they're going to end up drafting anyway. So they're doing something right. Yeah, it's always fun too to get intel or to watch when they actually get players to come in as a group and go three on three uh totally different obviously to watch players go up against each other as opposed to the uh Ejian Leon chair action <laughs> yeah. where you know you and I look like we sh- we're draftable when we're going against a stationary chair in like a broom yeah held by like a 69 guy though that's right. the thing so <laughs> anyway so I got no problems with Ben Bentel. And then the only other guy that I have down that it was announced that the Magic talked to or worked out was Tyler Harris, the forward who was at Providence, who's now, who went ended up going to Auburn, who is Tobias Harris's brother. Because so, it worked out so well with the first one. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Or maybe... <laughs> Maybe it's trade remorse. Maybe they want they need a Harris in the system. I don't know. But uh, scrolling down though, you know, once we get past the Magic's picks at forty one and forty seven, there's actually some intriguing names. Um, Wayne Selden is listed at forty nine, the Kansas uh, guard. Uh, now he's been junior. at Kansas for about fifteen years, it, right? It, is that see, right? I guess so. But he was only a junior, and he he's not even twenty two years old yet. Now the fun thing about him was seeing his uh, Chicago interview. Uh, his pro interview where he um, he mentioned players that he idolized or he tried to emulate his game after and he mentioned some some big names like Mitch Richmond but the other guy he mentioned was Nick Anderson so that got my wow. attention yeah because he he mentioned you know he kind of valued like defense he valued being kind of a role guy if need be I mean that's that's kind of right up my alley for a guy I would like um, 
you know, he's projected to go 49 to the Detroit Pistons, so I really don't want Stan Van Gundy to have him. I'd rather take Selden at this point. See, is that endearing that he uh, is kind of, he's comfortable enough with his role that he feels like he can emulate, uh, you know, a, a third or fourth best player? Or do you want a player to come into the league and aim a little higher? No, because, I mean, look, he knows what he is at this point. I mean, look, he he wasn't a schmuck or anything at Kansas. He averaged 13.5 points per game. You know, a couple rebounds here, a couple assists there. He's he's capable of being, you know, if not a a fifth starter, at least a pretty good selection off the bench. So, I mean, look, he I'm sure he'd love to get the, a bunch of offensive touches or whatnot, but he knows, you know, based off what his agents told him, based off what he knows, that he's going to be a second rounder, and he's playing the smart role of, hey, get me on your team and I will battle my ass off to get minutes on the court. And you never know what happens after that. Very true. Um, the other guy that I'm curious about is Gary Payton the second. Uh, obviously, you know the ties that Gary Payton has in that regard. Um, but he's the point guard from Oregon state senior. Uh, the Pacers are projected to get him at 50. Um, I, this guy likes scoring. This guy likes having the ball in his hands. He's not afraid of, of big moments. And, you know, he, I, I wouldn't have a problem taking taking a, a flyer on him. I mean, there, there's a couple point guards here in the 50s. You know, um, you know, it's Peyton, uh, Cap Barber, the North Carolina State junior. That guy's got some sick handles. I don't know if anyone's got the handles that he has in this draft. I mean, it doesn't doesn't mean you'll be a good point guard in the NBA, but you know, you you know, point guards that had fantastic dribbling ability like Jason Williams, like uh, Rafer Alston, two guys that were on the Magic as well, right. Um, and then another point guard who is who is also listed at 5'10", he might actually be a legitimate 5'10", is a K. Felder, point guard from Oakland. Um, and then you get a couple, you know, towards the bottom, now you get like a couple wings from, from a couple of the Florida schools, like Dorian Finney-Smith is projected to go at 57 to Memphis, and Sheldon McClellan, the, the Miami senior guard, is projected to go to Sacramento at 59. Um, any Any names that pop out to you here, any guys that... You know, and Isaiah Cousins, I mentioned, he's he, he the Magic uh, worked him out. I mean, he's projected to go to Denver at 53. The uh, you know you got a bunch of seniors, you got a bunch of guys that you think you know what you get what you're getting out of them, but you really don't know because you don't know what type of college systems they've dealt with, what coaching staffs have told them. Yeah, we'll see. You never know what Frank Vogel and whatever his eventual coaching staff's going to end up doing with them. But you see any other names on this list? I think the one name that sticks out to me is Kay Felder. You uh, you talk about there's been an influx in recent years of, you know, uh, point guards that are juniors and seniors that are coming out uh, from smaller, you know, mid-major type schools yeah. and having an immediate impact in the NBA. He's He's of that mold. Is he good enough to have that same kind of make that same kind of impact? Remains to be seen. And I mean, look, these guys are scoring points. Cap Barber scored twenty three and a half points per game at North Carolina State. Case Felder's at twenty four and a half points per game, and he's dishing out over nine assists a night. So it's something to pay attention to. I mean, again, I wouldn't have a problem if the Magic at forty seven went for another point guard. I just think that they need to look at more in the front court and more at you know at, at their wings. 
So I think the important thing for for fans to remember too, as you're combing through these mock drafts, the, you know, you talk about the who the Magic have. They have Ben Bentel uh, pegged in on Draft Express at 47, and a lot of the times, the people that are putting these mock drafts together are taking the intel intel that's available to them and making an educated guess. You go, oh, okay, Ben Bentel came to the Magic, they worked him out, so let's plug him in at 47 where they have a spot. And I think the the interesting thing to remember is that look at Philadelphia, okay? The first three first-round draft picks they've made in the last three years haven't come in for a workout. No. So if you're going to take a guy number two overall, number three overall, without bringing them in, there's there's just a good chance that the Magic are going to draft somebody in the 40s that they probably haven't even talked to, let alone brought in for a workout, too. So, uh, you know, the second round is a crapshoot. But I think the other thing that's that's interesting to note with the changes in the cap situation coming up, it used to be that the number thirty-one overall pick had a, you know a higher value than the thirtieth pick, yeah. Because as you mentioned, second rounders are not guaranteed. You get an option two-year contract as opposed to you know two years, really four years guaranteed in the first round. What I want to see is how the influx and new money coming in changes the valuation on picks. Because if you talk about grabbing somebody at number 29 and have them make an immediate impact where you can lock them in for four years at a really discounted rate, yeah. as opposed to, you know, let's say we drafted Gilbert Arenas type in the second round, mm-hmm. uh, good Gilbert Arenas, not <laughs> magic Gilbert Arenas. But not talking you, shit on Instagram right, where you, all the time. <laughs> where yeah. you bring someone in. And they're scoring 25 points a game, but then they come up for a restricted free agency in, you know, in two years, and then you get to make a decision on what you want to pay them. So I think it'll be, it'll be really fun to watch, uh, not only for draft-making purposes, but how that you know, draft selection, but how that plays out over the course of the first couple of years of, of the uh, new crop's uh, careers. Yeah, and look, the second round, typically you see a bunch of trades happening in the second round as is. It will be interesting to see if it gets more chaotic this year. Uh, so I guess we'll do a little prediction time here. Do you, what, 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 what are you going to predict here as far as what the Magic might do here in the second round? Man, well, they, the Magic, have a, they're in a really, I would say, advantageous spot. They got two selections pretty close to each other in the middle of the second round. There's still going to be some talent out there worth taking a look at. I think you gotta you gotta go best player available. I wouldn't be surprised if they kept both of their picks and yeah. took two chances at it. You know, uh, Rob Hennigan has expanded the scouting staff. They got Anthony Parker over there in Europe, really combing through uh, all of the talent and all the different leagues. And we have uh, we've made a commitment to the D League. Obviously, they kept Tyler uh, Harvey in there all last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a commitment to player development with Frank Vogel coming on and his staff. So why not take a crack at two players? Maybe you have a Euro that you stash overseas for another year or two. Maybe you have a guy that you keep in the D league and see what happens. We don't need an immediate impact from the first or second round. So let's take a chance on some guys that may have the, uh, you know, the, the uh, talent level that makes it worth really investing in. Yeah, I, I can see the Magic packaging 41 and 47 just to move up, maybe for a guy specifically somewhere in the mid-30s maybe. Um, I, I think they'll stay put at 41 and 47 as well. I'm going the, the boring route. Um, I, I do kind of agree with you that I, it would not shock me if they took a, a, an international guy that they could stash for another year or two. 
Um, I think if I'm going out of limb and predicting, you know, we both thought, agree that it's probably we're hoping that Deontay Davis gets picked number 11. But as far as 41 and 47, I think the Magic should look at Malcolm Brogdon from Virginia for 41 and 47 and go for Wayne Selden, try and get another defensive kind of two-way guy. Um, you mentioned their D-League team. You know, they're, they're going to have – the Magic will have one more year with their affiliate, the Erie Bayhawks. Um, next year, 2017, is when that team is going to move to Florida. We don't know where specifically they're going to play. Um, it might be Disney. It might be Jacksonville. There's a couple options. It might be Lakeland. Or there's a few options there. Um, it might be in Kissimmee, which, fuck that, don't do it. Um, <laughs> don't do it. Um, but the Magic have shown the dedication to their D-League team. Unfortunately, the D-League team's been bad the past couple years as far as record goes. Um, but they've they've shelled out the money to have, you know, you look at salaries and what the Magic gave four guys like the past year, the past two years, just to come to training camp. They give out a lot of money for you to show up to training camp and then put you in, in the D-League for the year because D-League guys don't make any salary. So if you give them that incentive up front to stick around in training camp to see if, hey, maybe you can make the Magic, if it doesn't work out, you've made a pretty decent amount of money for the year and you know you try to develop through the D-League. So It's always an interesting and, you know, the agent and the player to make that call of are we going to, if I'm a second round draft pick and I'm going to summer league with the team that drafted me or... You know, if I'm an undrafted free agent trying to make a decision, you talk about playing in the D League where you're making, you know, 30000 for the year if you're lucky, as opposed to going overseas and, and, you know, maybe you're trying to make the NBA through the back door to go overseas and start there. But the the monetary difference is staggering when you talk about twenty five to 30000 as opposed to maybe, you know, eighty ninety thousand 90000 tax-free. Yeah, it's a, it's a big, big difference. And again, I mean, until the NBA boosts D-League salaries, you're going to see a lot of people go to Europe because that's where the money is. I mean, you look at Melvin Edgem. He couldn't stick around anymore. He had to go get paid, and he's getting paid in Europe. He's getting paid eight or five, six, seven, eight times the amount of money that he get, he'd get paid sticking around on a D-League salary. So I don't blame him for that, and it's tax-free, and you right. get perks, and you get to enjoy traveling around Europe or the rest of the world as well, so it's not bad. Uh, so that'll do it for our draft editions of the uh, Penny and Pops podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you watched the draft on Thursday night. And probably everything that we mentioned as far as predictions go won't come true. Uh, we just hope you know that Rob Hennigan in the front office make wise decisions. And it always applies with us where we both agree that in Henny we trust. I think Rob will make wise decisions. And it will be interesting to see, you know, do the Magic select Frank Vogel type guys? You know, do they take tough dudes or whatnot? Or do they save that more for free agency? We'll, we'll find out. But um, we will have another show. You know, the next episode we will talk about, you know, what the Magic should do as far as free agency goes. Who should they keep? Who should they go after? Could we maybe see, you know, if the Magic do go a trade route at draft night, what type of options maybe they could go for? So stay tuned for that. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at MagicMBO for the uh, MagicBasketballOnline.com site story-only feed. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? It's at Spencer Strode. And uh, for me, it's at MBO. Again, we are very thankful for you guys listening to our podcast and subscribing. Uh, we appreciate any wonderful or even so-so reviews that you leave for us because that means our, pro- our podcast is relevant and there's always something to improve on. <laughs> Um, again, you can follow uh, you can follow and listen to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and a few others. But 
Uh, until next time, happy draft night, Orlando, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the draft. It'll be fun. We'll be right back.